Hey, this is Beth Nelson. I serve as the lead pastor at Prairie Heights Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today. I hope this motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Come on, the 11 o'clock service is in the house. Yeah. You know what that means, right? You're more caffeinated than the 9 a.m., so we need some engagement today. We're so thankful to be here. We've actually had a relationship with your church for a while before we even planted here in Moorhead, Minnesota, when we came to this region. We knew that we wanted to connect with other churches, specifically other churches that had planted here. And so the very first service that we went to when we were looking at where do we want to get connected as far as learning, we came to Prairie Heights when y'all were in the Fargo Dome. Let's go. Any Fargo Dome folks in the house? Come on. Wow, I love that. Yes, me too. And so we got to meet your co-founding pastors, Pastor John and and Terry, and it was such an honor to be able to learn from them and grow from them. We shared our story about moving here. It was kind of a scary story. It was a story about obedience. We moved here with no house, no job. The place we were supposed to move to didn't work out. The night before, everything was loaded up in our U-Haul. And we found out we didn't have a house to go. And the Holy Spirit said, go. I said, go where? I don't have a house. And he said, unload everything in storage and wait for me to move. And so I actually met John in person during that week. And he's always referred to me as the homeless church planner. And so I'm (laughs) We were only homeless for like four days. Yes. And by homeless, we mean we lived in my parents' house. So... It wasn't like true homeless. We have to clarify that because people think we might have lived in the storage unit, which is not true. No. But we're, we're honored again to be here, and we're, our stories are a little bit different. Today, we're, we're going to continue this idea of freedom, finding freedom, experiencing the freedom that Christ has called us to, that our families, that God has something in mind for our families. And like I said, our stories are different. I grew up in a home where my folks got divorced at a young age. I started using drugs and alcohol around 12, 13, and got fully addicted very quickly, and experienced just some brokenness in those seasons. I I overdosed three different times. One time I almost died, and God delivered me radically out of that lifestyle. And at 18, I, I gave my heart fully to Jesus and surrendered my life to him. Shortly after that, I met my lovely wife, and we started dating in 1999-2000. Come on, Becky, let's go. <laughs> and we got uh, married in and she just um, immediately became smitten. <laughs> okay, there's a backstory to that. We're, we don't have time to share, but that's the, actually not true. You know, like we were called to church planning. She was called to marry me. So, <laughs> and same, okay. same both ways. Anyway, so, but but her story is very different than mine. She grew up in. Thief River Falls, Minnesota, and church girl, grew up, experienced knowing Jesus at a young age. We like to say that the worst thing you did in high school was go to the casino. But I was 18. Mm. I mean, it was legal, so I could go. And and let me clarify, I would bring my $20 bill, and when the $20 bill was gone, I would leave. It wasn't like I was spending my whole life savings. That was wisdom. I would not have been able to do that, so... 
But we come from different backgrounds. And just on a side note, she's going to share about our children and our family, introduce you to our family. We didn't bring them all. We just did pictures. Otherwise, if we brought them all, there would be no way we could focus. But um, our, our family means a lot to us. And our journey of how we came to have a family of our size has been one where we're going to share with you because we believe God has a purpose for you, just like we had to step into, and we're going to talk about what that looks like, but please introduce our family. Yeah, we have some pictures. So you're going to see, um, we, we do have a lot of kids. We have nine kids right now. Um, that wintry picture in the middle, and then the ones of the adoption day are of the original, we called that the Lynn party of 10. And so we have four biological kids that you can see in, in the picture, Zane's graduating. And so he just graduated, he's 18. Tate's 17 and gonna be a junior in high school. Our twins, Nadia and Kinsey are almost 14 and they're gonna be in eighth grade. And then we adopted this sibling group and you see their sweet pictures. Kai is nine, Nina is five, Titus is four, and Mateo, the baby, he's the baby. If you've ever seen the baby of a family, he's the baby. He's two. Um, we adopted them in March, so we've been fostering. We've been on this journey of fostering for, it'll be two years in October. And so we started with the oldest and youngest, and then about a year ago, last August, we added the middle two that we just adopted. And then right as we're getting to adopt our four um, this spring, social services called and said, hey, what do you think about taking their biological three-year-old sister who needs a placement right now? And we said, hey, let's get back to you about that. <laughs> but in truth, we, we did actually, um, we talked to our older kids and we just, they literally verbatim what they said was, what's one more? Like, we already have eight kids, like, what's one more? So she joined our family in April and we are in the process of adopting her, but she's currently in foster care, which is why she's incognito in the picture. So, and she's in any pictures we share, uh, of our family, she has to have her face covered yet. So one day that won't be true. Yes, we look forward to that day. You might hear this story and you hear a little bit about our testimony and you might go, how in the world did they come to that conclusion? What in the world were they thinking? I remember some of our friends were, were like, you can say no, you know, and, um, <laughs> but we'll share why we didn't actually feel like we could say no because of what God was calling us into. He had a purpose for our family, for our life. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about living on purpose. The series you've been, we've been discussing, Pastor Beth, she has been talking to us about living in the freedom that Christ has given us. And I loved one of the big ideas last week about Christ didn't just set us free so that we could do our own thing. Christ set us free so that we could do his thing. So yeah. that we could be empowered and knowing that re really that is what freedom is. Sometimes we think freedom is just doing what we want and pursuing what we want. But God has a freedom in mind for us that is bigger than just this temporary moment. And we know that in our family, we saw that, that there's, this wasn't just something that happened overnight, that the Lord had been speaking to us about that. And we're going to continue to share more about that. But I love this scripture that Becky's going to read about purpose because I think when we think about purpose we think it's mystical or it's like this 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 cloud that we have to 
kind of figure out or and I think about some of the old school movies about like the Lord of the Rings like Frodo his purpose was to de- destroy the rings or you know or, or the guy with the sword and the stone he just found his purpose when he pulled it out but I don't think it's about one event or or some grand adventure I actually think it starts right now in fact I would say that it started in our mother's womb yeah, it did. And, and I think, so, you know, when we're talking about purpose, either you're like, yes, I know my purpose. Like, God, I know what God's asked me to do and I'm doing it and you feel great. Or maybe you're like, Ugh, I don't know. Like, I've heard that, but I'm not sure. And I just want to encourage you, wherever you're at on that spectrum of not knowing what God made you, why he made you, and already living out your purpose like we know that God cares about you knowing your purpose and he made you for a purpose and it's, it's clear in scripture. And so this verse we're reading is Psalm 139, 16. It says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. We know that God has a plan for our lives. Yes. Even before we take our first breath on this earth, we know that God has already ordained our steps. Isn't that a cool thought? Yes. I think sometimes you know, we're so busy in life that we kind of forget that. We kind of forget we're here for a reason. And so we actually, um, we've, we've know, we know this, we've been teaching this to our kids and we've tried to be really intentional with our own kids, like with our original four, you know, we call them the original four lens, and then the little people we call the little lens, just to kind of bring some clarity, because it's kind of confusing, we got a lot of kids to deal with, but, but we're teaching that now to the little, the little lens, we're helping them understand God has a purpose for yes. you and a plan for you, even if it doesn't necessarily feel like that at times, but here's the thing, God wants you to know what your purpose is, and sometimes we just need to hear what God wants us to do so we can act on it. And I'm going to share a little bit um, about this in a minute, but I want to share this big idea. We find freedom to live with purpose by hearing and responding to God. We have to know how to hear from God. And then once we hear from God, we have to be able to ex- just take that step and respond to what he's asking us to do. And so I'm going to share a little bit about how we started this fostering process. Travis and I forever have said, oh yeah, we're going to adopt. Actually, a friend of mine, right before we adopted our kiddos this spring, reminded me that 13 years ago, her and I had a conversation about us one day, one day, that was our, our term, right? Adopting a sibling group. And so this has been in our hearts for a long time, but there's a lot of reasons we didn't pursue it, you know? And maybe you're sitting here thinking, yeah, there's something in my heart. God, I know God put it in my heart, but I haven't pursued it because, fill in the blank. For us, it was because we have our other four kids and we're trying to raise them. We just planted a church. Like, we're busy. Life is crazy. Like, fill in the blank, you know? There's always a reason we can postpone God's dream for us. But what happened was Travis and I, we were three years ago, yeah, 2019, we were actually at a church leaders conference. So we had taken our staff, we were there, we didn't have our kids with, it was literally, we were gonna go and learn and be encouraged. And we were just like, let's learn how to be better pastors. I mean, honestly, that was our whole reason for going. And we were there and we were with our team. So we weren't thinking about family. I wasn't thinking about anything but like my role in church and what God had called us to do as church planters. And it was the second day and it was worship. And it was like this, how it's loud. Like I couldn't have even had a conversation with Travis next to me. The lights were dim. Uh, It it was a, a big environment, hundreds of pastors in this room. 
And I'll never forget, in the middle of this worship song, it was just like, boom, God spoke to my heart so clearly. I saw this guy kind of like run into his row with, and he's carrying like a baby car seat, a carrier. And there's a whole big backstory to this, but I'd always said like, when we foster or adopt, I am not interested in getting a baby. Babies are scary, and I'm okay with not doing that again. And you like your sleep. And I love my sleep. So, you know, those are all kind of things that kind of gets interrupted with the baby. But anyways, this guy, he's carrying this this car seat, and I see him run. And as I see him, the the Lord speaks to me, you've abandoned the dream to foster and adopt. And you're so worried about what's going to happen to your own kids. But really, that's how I'm going to shape them into who they're supposed to be, is by you pursuing this dream. You need to start that process now. And so that was like really, and, and let me just be clear, that is not the norm. That's not usually how I hear from God. <laughs> like that was kind of like, but I kind of think God was in a rush and trying to get our attention. And so it was like he kind of had to just, you know. There was an urgency there. There was, you know. And so anyways, I shared that with Travis and and that was kind of the beginning of us hearing from God in that area of our life. We'd already experienced being obedient with church planting and all, all the things that we don't have time to talk about, but this is kind of what we're gonna share with you today. And I think when you hear Becky share about hearing God, it's maybe you aren't yet a follower of Jesus, so that might even be a really foreign concept to you. And even if you are a follower of Jesus, you're like, man, I hear from God in the Bible, which is absolutely true. But that, that prompting or that, that calling, that leading that we're going to be talking about into your purpose, it, there's really clear scriptures that can encourage you that God wants you to hear from him. He wants to speak to you and he wants you to be able to hear. And so we're going to talk about learning how to hear. But before we do that, there's two different scriptures that can kind of, we can anchor on about that. Jesus says in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Paul writes in Romans chapter eight that all that are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Another way to say that is if you are a child of God, you can be led by the spirit. So how can we learn to listen to that leading? How can we be led by the spirit? And so remember the two things that we're really going to hone in on today when it comes to living your purpose, finding the freedom to live your purpose or are, are learning to hear from God and then responding to what God says. And so the first thing when it comes to learning to listen to God's leading, we can learn to listen to God's leading as a family. This is a value that we have. Sometimes I think as Christians, it's easy for us to go individually. I'm going to just learn how to hear from God, or I'm trying to hear from God ourselves. But I want to challenge you. If you are uh, in a family, if you're married or, or you have children that it's our responsibility to create an environment where our kids can hear from the Lord. So for us, the real practical way we did this is every time we would add a child or two children or every time, in this case, five kids, like every time that step happened, we sat in our living room and prayed together. And then I would say, hey, I want you to individually listen to God. Let's just take even a few moments. What has God been speaking to you over the last weeks? Anyways, and every single time before we made a major move, the Lord spoke collectively to all of our kids. And so I wanna encourage you to, to create an environment where you can do that. 
Yeah, and we, we did that even before we started the process, before we filled out one piece of paper for the county. I mean, before we did anything, we said to our kids, hey, we feel like the, the Lord has spoken this to us. Where are you at with that? We wanted them on board, and that was our rule, was if somebody said, no, I don't feel comfortable with that, we would have stopped in that moment because we knew that that was part of God confirming what he had called us to do as a family. Another way we can do this is we can learn how God is leading us by seeing what God has already said in his word. And so we know that uh, God has a lot to say about a lot of things. And as a church, we've been reading through the New Testament this summer. We're doing that in 90 days, trying to read through it. And we've gotten to really see and, and remember all that Jesus was about when he was here on earth doing ministry and who he cared about, who he made time for, and what was his priority. And so as God speaks to us, we can always go back to the scriptures and say, hey, where, does this align with what God has already yeah. said in scripture? For us, it was, you know, there's scriptures about, about taking care of orphans and widows. And we just knew that's God's heart for these kids. We didn't know. I mean, we started as just foster parents. We didn't know that we would get, get to adopt the children that we were first placed with, but we knew that it was his heart for us to take them into our home and be a family for them, even in the interim, like we have this season where they don't have a family. And so we did that. You can also hear from other people. We recommend that you seek out help or advice or encouragement. If you're in a, a group here or you have, you have such great leadership in this church, if you feel like God's stirring your heart to do something, yes. ask somebody. Say, hey, what do you think about this? A lot of times we can't see our own abilities and giftings that God has given us because we're just, we just see ourselves as we see ourselves, but other people see other things in us, and I think that they could be a part of that process as well. Absolutely, and so there's, there's this thing, though, where it's like you can hear any parents in the house where you're like, uh, I told you to do that, right? Like, you can, you can hear that, your kids can hear that chores matter, right? That take, take the dirty clothes, that there's a clothes hamper right there, right? Like, I mean, think about all the different things your kids might hear, but that doesn't mean they're going to do it. And so we've got to, if we want to step into that purpose, we, we can't just hear from God, but we've got to learn how to what? To, to, in order to experience that freedom to live with purpose, we've got to respond. We've got to respond to what God said. We're in a series, family vacation. Our family, our family of 11 took a family vacation this year. We've got some pictures, I believe. We got to go to Banff, Canada. Anyone ever been there? Oh man, it is incredible. It is incredible. Those are real pictures up there. Our family got to go. 2,900 miles, two vehicles, 11 people, two Airbnbs. Every time we had to stop on the way there and back, three hotel rooms. You're like, how did you pay for that? Living by faith? Come on. Like, um, not true. Anyways. Our son, our oldest son was the one, every time we take a family vacation, we have this new thing where the, the senior that's graduating gets to pick and he, the, the family vacation. And he was sending me these pictures and dad, we got to go to this place. It's amazing. It's incredible. And that's great learning about it. It's great seeing it, but we didn't actually get to experience it until we got into the car and we had a vacation. 11 kids, 2,900 miles. No, 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 no. Not 11 kids. Feels Nine like 11 kids. kids. It feels like <laughs> 11. 20, 
Uh, vacation, 2,900 miles, vacation. Becky came home and went on vacation in the above ground pool at Cost the Costco pool, right? Mm -hmm. I sent everyone back to daycare. And, and she floated for strength. two days, like to just decompress. Not exactly two days, but yes. We've got to respond to what God wants in our life. How do we do that? Yeah, we have to take the first step. We have to take what can we do? What, can, what is the, the thing that you can do next? And we have a little picture here of Elmo because all week when we were talking about this, have you guys seen Elmo and Grouchland? Has anyone seen that movie? It's very old. Okay, if people. you have seen it, there's a song in there, Take the First Step, and Elmo's doing like this crazy dance and he's talking about how you'll see how brave your heart can be. Like it's... It's like my favorite part of that movie because he's so crazy. Anyways, you have to go home and watch it. It's on, I don't know where, but, but anyways. Literally every time we, when we were writing this, take the first step, that's the only, it was <laughs> we, just like that song, take the first step. We just start singing soon it. you will see yep. just how brave your heart can be. Yeah. And so, so literally we, that's going on in our brains the whole yeah. time. We, but here's the funny thing. So we have an 18-year-old all the way to a two-year-old. And our 18-year-old, when he was little, that was his favorite movie. So yeah. we all knew these songs. And I saw it, and I, th I saw that it was available to watch. And I was like, we have to watch this. And now our two-year-old is so obsessed with Melmo. 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 That's how he says it every day. Pastor Beth, can we have some Elmo karaoke after church, maybe? Oh, yeah. wouldn't that be fun? Anyways, but that is the first way that we can be obedient is we can take that first yeah. step. So I don't know what God is asking you to do. You're hearing our story, but God's going to ask you and speak to you to do something different. Maybe your family is going to do something different. Maybe as a family, you said, hey, we're going to make church a priority. Right. We're coming to Prairie Heights as often as we're in town. If we're in town, we're going to be at church every week. Maybe you committed to doing a group from the church. Maybe you want to serve and use your gifts. You know that God's asking you to do something. Maybe at work there's a coworker that you know you're supposed to start a conversation with and you just haven't done it yet, but you know you're supposed to. Go talk to them. Exchange your phone numbers. Ask to do coffee. Sit up with them at lunch. Maybe you're supposed to do something big like start a nonprofit or like us, like begin the process of getting licensed to do foster care. There's so many things that God could call us to do as yeah. individuals and families. But if we want to do that, we have to take the next step. For us, it was overwhelming. The idea of like, oh my goodness, we're saying yes to this. But what did we do? We just came home and called social services and said, hey, what, what do we need to do? And they said, well, we'll mail you the paperwork. That was the first step. And then we did the next step and the next step and the next step. And yes, we ended up with five kids, but it wasn't like, here, we're dropping five kids off. No, that does happen. I'm not saying that won't, wouldn't happen in foster care. But in our case, that, wasn't the, that just wasn't how it went. We had to just say yes consistently. Yeah, and one phrase that we used when it, when it comes to more principles on how do we respond, one thing that I feel like God really like solidified in us in 2019, December, we, I was getting ready for 2020. The, you know, pastors loved it. 2020, the year of vision. And then <laughs> the year of vision of what? Like COVID happened and all this stuff happened. And, but in 2019, in December, I was writing down and one of the statements that I felt like the Lord said is, he said, I want you to say yes to me before you even know what I'm asking you. I want you to say yes to me before you even know what I'm asking you. And so when it comes to responding, 
make the decision now. We're gonna have a moment here where we can respond to the Lord, mm-hmm. but make the decision now. And every single time when, when, we, when we were praying about, should we get these two kids? And then when we prayed about, we knew that the time was coming where the other two were coming, which was not a part of the plan. And then the other one was coming, which was not a part of our plan. <laughs> and, and every time the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to say yes to me before you even know what the cost is gonna be. And for us too, it was also thinking about the cost that we were paying was nothing in comparison to the, the cost that these kids have already paid. Mm-hmm. Our, our oldest was homeless six years of his life. I mean, that affects how you think and feel. So our yes changed their lives and, and there was a cost and it's painful. And Beth asked us after service, how are you guys really? And we're like, we're really struggling. Like, we didn't say that exactly. No, but I started crying on the couch and she's like, are you sure you want to preach? And no, I'm totally kidding. That wasn't true. Wow, I missed but, that. No, I, uh, but that, some weeks we, we feel like that. And I think also we, there's times where we're scared. Yeah, I think it's scary to say yes to God. Even a little thing, like I know I have been, felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, hey, text this friend randomly, someone I don't know very good. But every time I do, it's like that person was like, wow, thank you. Like this means so much and the timing of this is crazy. I think it's scary to do that because it, it makes us vulnerable. Yeah. And, and sometimes we just can't see the whole picture. A lot of times, like in our case, we didn't see the whole picture. And so we were scared. And we told our social worker, two kids, we'll take a sibling group of two. You just send us all the sibling groups of two. If there's three and it's a perfect fit, maybe we'll consider it, but that's it. And we ended up with five. But if we had known that, that we were gonna end up with five, it would have been hard to say yes. I think God actually saved us from dragging our feet more by allowing us just to like take that step and then say yes, even if we felt nervous about it or scared, it's uncomfortable to follow God. I, I mean, I, I just think there's no way around that. Yeah, and the last principle we want to share before we wrap up is that in order for us to respond to what God says, I think it's important for us to trust that that provision is going to be there, that, that God's provision goes before us. I think sometimes we like to compartmentalize provision in the sense of we think about it as money. And in the same way that we might compartmentalize our purpose, like, oh, I do this, you know, my purpose at work is to make lots of cash, or my purpose at, in church is to run the cameras, come on, tech team, like, but, mm-hmm. but listen, our purpose, it's not compartmentalized, it's, like, it's our whole lives. Mm-hmm. God wants our whole lives, and so if that means that he wants our whole lives, and he's asking us to take that first step, then that means that that provision will go ahead of us, and that word provision, I, I really love the original meaning of it. It says this, providing beforehand, an action of arranging in advance, and we've seen this, like, God went before us, and Becky's family moved here two houses down. Some people are like, you live with your in-laws two houses down? No, I don't live with them. They live two houses down. (laughs) But honestly, it's been amazing. Like they've helped so much. We couldn't do this personally if we didn't have a great church and a great team. Financially, God has provided. We had a three-bedroom house that we turned to six bedrooms I mean, every, like there's, God has creativity. We have a triple bunk in run room. We took the master suite and cut some things. We don't have a master suite anymore, but one day my, in, in heaven, God's going to give us a master suite. Like, 
Um, but we put a bunk bed in that. You just trust that God's going to provide. Yeah. He has provided. And, and every time we turned the corner, it was like somebody was there saying, hey, how can I help? What can yeah. I do? As we wrap up, I just want to go back to that verse in Psalm because I think it's just such a good reminder. And we have to remind ourselves of this over and over and over again as we follow God because sometimes we forget that God's plan is better than ours and that he does have a plan for us. And so let's read this together again. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And I think thinking of this, we know that following God can be challenging. And maybe right now you're wrestling a little bit with God. You're feeling in your heart like, yep, I know I've known I'm supposed to do this. I knew I was supposed to do this and I just haven't. I mean, we can relate to that. That was us. But I think we have to trust that God does know what's best for us, that he is a perfect father and he can lead us as we need to be led. I mean, I needed a little reality check and and the way that God spoke to me was very in my face, I felt like, but it was perfect for what I needed and he addressed the things that were scaring me. I was so scared that my kids, my older kids would be just like something would happen to them as we added to our family and God has used them in crazy ways. I mean, we've been blessed in that way and so we just have to trust that that is true. We know it's true. We believe that God was speaking to our children in their, like in, in, your, in your womb. Right? Yeah. Twins. Come on, let me just tell you, twin pregnancy, rough stuff. But God was speaking to Becky and those babies, yeah. our girls. Yeah, God was. was speaking to our oldest son and, and the and he knew they knew, God knew that that was a part of their formation. God knew that we couldn't say yes to five if we didn't have four amazing kids. And can I just tell you something? We're not like perfect people. No, and we're really not anything special. Right. Like and, we're not. And I don't say that as like a humble brag or whatever. Like, I legit mean it. I just told you, overdosed three times. Gambling woman, come on. Okay. You know, like, like the oh, Lord boy. uses whoever he wants to, and he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for you to just trust him and, and say yes. And, and that, that, listen, I really believe you guys are standing in the gap to what? To reach our city. I really believe that a part of this, what's next for your church, a part of what's next in our city is people being empowered by God to step into what he wants. So how do we do that? What does that look like? What does that look like for you? Because there's the scripture that's really clear that maybe God's speaking to us or God has a plan or a will, but this is often what happens. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We've left God's path to what? Follow our own purpose. We've left God's purpose to follow our own. But listen to the good news, the good news about what Christ did and who Jesus is. It says that Jesus was pierced for our rebellion, our waywardness, our need to go our own direction, that he was crushed for our sins. My favorite way to define this is actually how Jewish folks understood what sin is. Sin isn't just this moral failure. Sin is, there's a mark, there's a bullseye, there's a destination that God has in mind. And when we sin, we go our way. We, we miss that mark. We miss the bullseye. And all of us have a tendency 
to do that. But Jesus took that. He took that rebellion. He, he was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We've left God's past to follow our own. Yet what? Here's the good news. The Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Why is that? What does that have to do with purpose? Today, I believe the Lord's calling us to exchange, to an exchange, an exchange of, of maybe our sinfulness, our brokenness, an exchange of our excuses. That's what happens at the cross. We exchange every excuse, every barrier, every single thing that would keep us from living in the freedom of his purpose God dealt with at the cross. And so would you do me a favor? Would you just close your eyes? Would you bow your heads and just take a moment to open up your heart? Let's take a moment to open up our hearts. I truly believe that what God has to say to you is more important than anything Becky and I have to say. I truly believe that the Lord is in this place. The Holy Spirit is here, the, 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 the agent of creation, that there was a blank slate on this world and the Holy Spirit hovered over this world to create things out of nothing. I believe that he's here to create something in you. And if you're here today and you recognize, I wanna hear from God, I don't know what that looks like, but I wanna take that first step and start hearing from him. Or, or maybe you're here today and you know the purpose that God has for you, but you've been like this scripture said, you've been running, doing your own thing. Well, Jesus is the one who wants to intervene. Mm -hmm. And at the cross, we can exchange our brokenness, our sinfulness, our rebellion, our excuses for God who empowers us with his spirit to do his will. If you know that's you today, if you know I need to take the first step by hearing God or responding to God, Becky and I wanna pray a blessing over you. Would you be so bold to just stand up right now? Just stand up. So many people first service responded to this moment. If you know in your heart, I need to start listening and following the will of God. We've been talking about obedience all morning. Just take that first step of obedience as a way to draw a line in the sand and say, God, use me. Here I am. I'm here for you. And we'd like to pray a blessing over you and over the rest of this congregation as we close. God, I just thank you for each individual person in this room, each couple, each family, every child represented. Lord, I just thank you that you are calling us and asking us and showing us the purpose that you have for our lives. And Lord, I thank you for the obedience in this room, the people saying, yes, I want to do what God wants for me. I do want to live out my purpose. And so Lord, I pray that you'd use us. Yes, Lord. That as we say yes and we take that step, whatever that step is, big or small, Lord, I pray that you would use each person who has said that this morning, I know I need to do this. And so Lord, we pray for a blessing for yes. them as individuals, but we pray for blessings over families and couples. God, I pray for ministry opportunities, not just inside the church walls, but outside of the church walls as well, that as we leave, we would leave with purpose this morning, that we would know that we know that you have a plan for our lives. Thank you for that. Lord, we pray for the single folks and the children in this church and in our city and the teenagers and the, the little ones that are gathered just a few 
a few yards away from here right now, Lord, we know you have a purpose and destiny over their life that you've been speaking ever since they were in their mother's womb. We pray for everything that needs to come to pass and to see your kingdom come, your will be done in Fargo-Moorhead and West Fargo. Lord, we pray that. We want to see that. Help us to step into your purpose for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thank you for listening.